Come on, bless the Lord. Come on, he's worthy, 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 worthy. Come on, he's worthy, 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 worthy. I don't hear people that understand the significance of today. He's worthy, worthy, worthy. Come on, let me have a few of you join me. He's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Sorry, I'm not led to tell you he got up. I think we know that he got up and he got up with all power in his hand. Hallelujah. But he wanted us to remember him. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I promise after this you don't have too much more work to do in the service. If you can just delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on, he needs some partners with him. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. For this is the day that the Lord has made. And all believers should be rejoicing and rejoicing and rejoicing and rejoicing and rejoicing and rejoicing. Come on, there hasn't been one yet that has risen from the grave. There hasn't been one yet that has risen from the grave. We don't have to fly anywhere. He's forever with us. <laughs> we don't have to wail at a wall because he's forever with us. We don't even have to take a Passover cedar because he's always with us. He removed his people out of Egypt and every day he's removing us out of Egypt. He's taking us away from the flesh pots more and more and more every day. Come on, delight, 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 delight. Delight yourself in the Lord. That he may give you the desire of your Anybody tasting? Do you know how blessed you are to not only be in your right mind, but to not have to pass by the way of so many other gods? My God. I just left a mecca of gods in California. Any kind of God you want, if it's not created, they'll create it on the spot. You got people who's quoting scriptures and talking about the goodness of the Lord and how they attended their church service and slowly working their way in to how they had their palms read and their tarot card information that was given to them. How they loved the Lord Jesus and that they served the Lord Jesus, but how somebody told them that they were this in their past life. And this is why they have suffering now in this life because of what they suffered in their past life. They're meshing all of this nonsense together in the church that's why the wheat and the tear is truly going to have to grow together and it's not so much the tear being the enemy of God but the tear being the fooled in God oh you ought to be magnifying him today blessing him today. weeping should be going before him today dancing should be going before him we should have more than one dancer because it is in our life. I hope y'all coming to do something about this mic so I don't have to say anything. He's a good, good God. 
all by himself. Did Pastor Kareem already start his preaching already up here today? I was like a few more minutes and he just about called it in. We can have communion and go on home. Because if he know, oh, Jesus. He said he can do it by himself. He said he don't need nobody to tell him who Jesus is. And that everyone he was in his valleys and in his mountains, the Lord thy God was with him. That's good enough for me right there. Hallelujah. Oh, you trying to stare something up in here today. Hey, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on and magnify the Lord with me. Hey, come on, let's bless him together. Let's bless him together. If there's any day that's really the Lord's birthday, it's today. Because today is the day he got up. Today's the day that his new birth started. Today is the day when our life was reconnected to a living, breathing God. Today is Jesus' birthday. Paganers can have their Christmas. I enjoy the celebration of Christmas. But if there's ever a day that's Jesus' birthday, that day is today. He got up. <laughs> And all them crazy women that was following him. Them crazy women. He knew he needed some crazy women on his side. Them women came. They was going to roll that stone away. They know Jesus already had a plan. You ain't got to roll nothing, baby. But I'm glad to know I got a Mary Magdalene. I'm glad to know my mother got a little crazy side to her. I'm glad to know that I got a few that haven't forsaken me along the way. Hallelujah. He only needed a few good women and a few good men to do what he needed to do. And he did it. Happy birthday, Jesus. Hallelujah. Happy birthday, Jesus. And after he came and showed himself, they said he hung around 40 days. So we got to continue for 40 more days celebrating the resurrected God. Oh, Lord, he's good. Come on, you can take your seats. I was impressed of the Lord to continue communion today. And at first, when we had our eldership leadership, senior leadership meeting, we were discussing that there would probably be a lot of people who are not believers of the way. They're not servants, believers of Yeshua, Messiah. So it would probably not be a time for the church as a whole, we would do communion another Sunday. Um, but when the Lord was dealing with me over the, the airways, he said, I want communion to still go forth. Last month, if y'all remember, we washed each other's feet. Hallelujah. This month, he wants us to examine ourselves. He wants us to examine ourselves because the whole point of his conviction Let's go back even further. The whole point of his betrayal, mm -hmm. the whole point of his conviction, the whole point of his brutal murdering and slaughtering, the whole point of him asking God to get him off the cross, but if it's not your will, 
thy will be done his staying on the cross he didn't command the legions of angels that he could have commanded he stayed on the cross almost to a fault where it would have caused people to say that he really must not be Jesus because if he was the Messiah Jesus, because you know there were other Jesuses by name. If he's the Messiah Jesus, then he would get himself off this cross. Could you imagine how many fan followers followed him because they wanted to see the big boom in his sermon? They didn't know that his sermon was going to be his life, the pouring out of his blood. I'm sure all the religious followers was waiting for the goats to come out of the bush and the ram to come out of the bush so that there would be a slaughtering and the blood would be released. I'm sure a lot of the religious folks with him just waited for a magician or a magical moment to happen that he would just poof and appear off of the cross. I'm sure many that followed him couldn't take the slaughtering. Imagine seeing your son being slaughtered before your very eyes and you are powerless to do anything about it. Even at the point where, as most mothers, we'd be willing to risk our life for our child, that she knew risking her life would not have changed the situation at all. There are people who have lost children, but imagine witnessing your child through one of the most horrific deaths this world has ever seen. And yet, he handled the business of telling his trusted disciple who was going to take care of mama and who was going to handle this and he came back after his 40 days and he shared his vision and he still was naming apostles in his resurrected glorified body and to this day we still find most of what he did in those 40 days a mystery that he was able to get up in 40 days and yet again I was doing some studying about how the church, how they still misplace women in the place of Jesus's ministry. And how if there was anyone that was about a woman's movement, it was Jesus Christ right from the beginning. And to this very day, the church does not seem to understand or yet be intimidated by women who move in the glory of God. That we take a scripture not only out of text, but we take a scripture and we work it and work it and work it to berate what God told us to do in the first place. What a mighty God we serve. And yet, when he resurrected, the first person who saw him was a woman. Them crazy women. Somebody thank God for crazy. I thank God for crazy women. Hallelujah. But yet, they say that in order to be an apostle, you have to be experienced or had a vision of the resurrected Jesus. But yet, they still have never given that woman her due rightful place in the kingdom of God as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. The same thing with the woman at the well. When you read any of the Catholic teaching, they recognize the woman at the well as an apostle of Jesus Christ. Not only because she witnessed and had conversation with him, many did, but when he finished talking with her, he sent her with a commission to go back to her town, including every single man she slept with. 
takes an apostle to minister to men you slept with. Mm -hmm, I can't get no help in here. Where my organ friend at? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He knew it. He knew what he was dealing with. He knew who he had on his side. He knew who would betray him. He knew who wouldn't be able to stand with him. He even knew who to call son. Strategy. In our Jewish customs, which is our old covenant that we have with the Lord, this is a mighty day, week, the next 40 days for, the, for them, even more so. They have their Sadar meal, and they have all the pieces to what happened in the book of Exodus for their exodus from what has been their triumphant emergence from slavery. So they have their boiled eggs and their celery stick, and they definitely have their four glasses of wine for the four promises of redemption that is associated with the Exodus story. If you have been bar or <clears throat> bat mitzvah, you are having your first sedar with wine in the Jewish custom. Isn't that interesting? Because to them, wine is a place of something being celebrated, something being gloried. It's not an alcoholic. Let me get belligerent, lose all self-control, and be wasteful all over the place. For the Lord and for the Jewish people, wine is only brought out for those occasions. The only dietary restriction during that time is leavened bread that the Jews actually take it out of their homes so that there is no temptation that's even brought to them before the Passover. And that bread is, is more known in the Jewish Hebrew households as shometz, C-H-O-M-E-T-Z. The Lord's Supper, as Pastor Kareem was so eloquently describing today to our brothers and sisters of the first promise, how I don't know how you can have a first promise and the second promise is weaved all in it and we just skipped the text where Jesus was prophesied completely and fully in a text how he would die how instead of the leg being broken the leg would not be broken in this sacrificial lamb clearly in our first covenant text it's listed and they were not wrong because real prophecy doesn't happen as soon as it's given to you Real prophecy is foretold, foresight, foreknowledge. It may never happen in our lifetime. That's real prophecy. But see, now we want prophecy in three days. You're going to get a call from a job in 24 hours after you spin around from this dizziness. Your marriage, oh, your marriage going to be back together. Oh, I tell you right now, you keep playing that Powerball. Powerball going to fall on you. We want these things that happen in 24 hours and 72 hours. But the real prophetic move, it has to shift through time. It has to pass through heavens. It has to descend and ascend through different realms of the spirit in order to affect what it needs to affect. Do you know if prophecy moved at the level and the rate that we'd want it to, we'd have mass floodings all over this earth? 
because the word is energy and when it moves in the earth it shifts the high tides and the low tides it shifts the sun it shifts the moon it shifts the stars as a matter of fact if you paid attention to the news recently there was a ship stuck and it was stuck over there I don't know if it was in Egypt but it was stuck somewhere over there where it caused a global financial disaster for the whole earth because man, once again, couldn't get anything to move old Humpty off the bridge again. So one scientist decides to get in on the information. And he tells them, he says, you know, in about two days, the moon is going to line up. And the sun and the stars are going to line up over here. If we wait, prophecy if we wait the tide will lift so the boat will be released without the millions of dollars we've been forecasted that it would cost us to move this ship because at this point the people are getting ready to go into mass suicide all of their um investments all of their money's tied up the market's going to start crashing and falling because there's not one man that could come and shift this boat funny it was over there by Egypt and it caused a global disaster already so we're going to see spikes in prices and we're not going to know why all of a sudden everything shifted as the Bible tells us when the moon's this April 1st April 2nd he tells us what the moon is going to be in the Bible not the farmer's almanac in the Bible and all of a sudden as God would have it remember the prophet who prophesied time to stop this is what prophets do. Time doesn't stop without a shifting of something else. All of a sudden, the waters begin to rise and they're all watching. Not one man, not one piece of equipment, not one tugboat, no lifts, no cranes. The provision of God set before, as he said to Job, where were you? when I put the water in the seas? Where were you when I put the stars in the sky? Where were you when I told the sun when to shine and when to sleep and the moon when to come? Where were you? All of a sudden that God had the waters lift and everybody's economic global investment begin to release by the moving of the waters, by the speaking of the word thousands of years ago. Could that ship have been stuck at any other time? Absolutely. But we decreed and declared that this was going to be the year of supernatural moves of God that God is not letting us in on. I prophesied that we're going to have to study that scripture a little closer on how God doesn't redo anything unless it's revealed to his prophets. Because the revelation may be coming, but the people may not be in understanding. Because we've been prophesying husbands and Lexuses and, and, and incomes and increase and fur coats and red bottoms. And we've been prophesying so much, we forgot to understand the symbolic kingdom language of the Yeshua Most High Living God. So we don't know how to understand covid when it's released from the heavens. We don't understand how to understand that the stars are not something we follow, but they're a sign and a message of what's to come. See, real prophecy, when real prophecy begins to move, the earth has got to shift. So that's why I'm not as happy as some of y'all are. 
when the local police show up with a perfected word. The locals. I'm looking for someone who's been in the army of the Lord that understands symbols, time, expressions, revelations of the word of God. And if we're going to move into this next dispensation of what God is doing, we're going to have to read our Bibles with interpretation so that we can get the revelation of the word that's already been enlightened before us. Hallelujah. Only God. And we're going to have many more occasions like that where only God is going to be able to heal and change situations. He started when he allowed this pandemic to be released on this earth because I couldn't lay hands on any of you anymore. Can he still heal you without man's touch? Hallelujah. Can somebody be born again without bringing them to the church building? Can somebody join the body of believers without coming in and waiting until Sunday to confess the Lord Jesus Christ, take communion and join the heavenly kingdom? We learned that what we have become very structured and comfortable in isn't what he's going to allow us to take into the future. How do we handle the old traditions when God is speaking in another language? When we have communion, when there's Passover, when there's Sadar, the purpose of it is a personal remembrance. Pastor Kareem said it today. He was all in how this is personal for me. I'm sorry if you haven't had an experience to appreciate your salvation. That's what I heard him saying. I'm sorry if you weren't afflicted enough to appreciate your affliction. <laughs> I'm sorry if you haven't gone through anything that cannot be understand or dealt with by man that you haven't met the resurrected Lord. You haven't been atoned by his blood and an anointing hasn't been placed over your life to break the yokes. I'm sorry. But he was celebrating what he has with his Lord, his risen Savior for his life. And that's what salvation is all about. Work out your own salvation. Soul, if we want to be specific, your soul salvation. And how are we to work it out? With fear and trembling. I can be excited for his testimony. His testimony can make me very curious and exquisitely interested in his God. But until I have a personal soul salvation, I can't quite understand why y'all celebrating him thousands of years after his crucifixion that he probably should have gotten up from. Because in my understanding, it's so finite that I can't understand the mysteries and the science and the, the DNA and just the understanding of how the supernatural realm works. So today is a day of personal remembrance. We are to remember Jesus. Say his name. Maybe you've never said it. Maybe it's been too long since you said it. Maybe the last time you said it, it was in such a woe, in such a lament, that you forgot how glorious it is to say the name Jesus. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I don't need anything from you, Lord. I just love you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the things I don't know, the things that were unseen, the things that missed my life. The plane could have gone down. The car could have hit us. I could have been at the restaurant with the shootout. But God, I thank you, Jesus. I 
I don't always need a reason to call on the name of Jesus. I can thank him for mysteries unseen. I can ask him to bless my friends for things that could have come their way, that probably should have come their way. Thank you, Jesus. Have you ever just thanked him? The cable bill ain't paid. The mortgage ain't paid. The money ain't in the bank. Thank you, Jesus. It's a personal remembrance. We are to remember Jesus. I love, I truly do love our Jewish and Muslim brothers and sisters. I truly do. The commitment is beyond any commitment that any Christian has ever devoted themselves to. But this ain't about Abraham. <laughs> this ain't even about Moses. This ain't even about Isaiah. This definitely ain't about Muhammad today. The focus is no longer on the Jewish Passover or the night of his betrayal or the seven last words or anything else. The focus is on Jesus. Do this in remembrance of me. Get your Bibles if you don't know the text. Write it in your phone today. This is your first time hearing about the message. 1 Corinthians 11 and 25. Do this in remembrance of me. In this remembering, as Pastor Kareem put out today, we also proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This, then, is not merely an ordinance as we like to make it. Washing of the feet, baptism, communion, it's ordinances. No, this is much more. Washing of the feet was for us to consider one another. But communion is to be done in remembrance of him. 1 Corinthians 11.25 In this remembering, we are to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It's not an ordinance alone. It's not an ordinance only. It's not just an ordinance. This looks to the past. It's prophetic. It's an ordinance of hope that points to our future. This remembrance is commanded. It's commanded. Participation at the Lord's table is not an option. Prolonged absence from it is spiritually a debtor's prison. Do y'all remember any of the, the, the old young folks? If folks was out of church too long, pastor, can you send someone over and bring communion to me at the house? I'm, I'm sick and shut in. Pastor so-and-so is in the hospital and they need communion. Them folks, if they had to grind it up in a ninja and put it down on a spoon because their body was too sick to get communion, they would take communion. The church today will miss a year of church and never think, I need to take communion. Never think that the coming together of ourselves is more important than what a display through television and timeline could ever give you. How important it was for Jesus that his people come together through pandemics. You think they didn't have a pandemic? They had leprosy. The priest didn't even want to touch the people stricken with leprosy. They had pandemics. You think they didn't have a pandemic? Anyone who followed Christ was crucified, hung upside down, so the blood would rush to their head, tied to wagons, and their bodies were snatched apart. You think they didn't have pandemics? But they found a way to come together. As this is not an ordinance, people of God, this is a commandment from our general. 
We are to come together. It's commanded. This is not an option. Prolonged absence from the body is only to be present with Christ. If you are not dead in the flesh, you need to be in communion. You need to call your church. You need to call this church and say, I need communion. I'm sick and shut in. We'll leave it on your porch if we have to. Communion is not an option. It's not an ordinance. It's something your spiritual man should thirst for, should miss, should desire. If we ever taught it right, you should be condemned. That's the word. Many of you are sick and sleeping and weak. Come on, preach, y'all. This is not an option. There should be something in our spirit that's off and not right because this is our atonement. This is our repentance. This is our visit to Mecca. This is our, our visit to the Wailing Wall. This is where we go before him. We say, Father, in remembrance of your brokenness, heal my brokenness, Father. In remembrance of your blood, apply the blood, Father. I am sick, Father. I am condemned, Father. I am a guilty man, Father. But Father, by the remembrance of what you've done for me today. Our sermons must be too good. If you're not being convicted to know that you need to be at the table, the table, it's commanded and is not an option to partake of the Lord's table in an unworthy manner, according to verse 27, is to take it without regard to its true worth, not your worth. To partake unworthily is to come complacently lightheartedly giving no thought to that which the elements signify. Y'all see Sister Sharita standing up over there? How many Passover Sundays was it now, Sister Sharita? 11 years. It'll be the same. 11 Passover Sundays. She left this building. And what was it, a stroke at first or a heart attack? Heart attack and two strokes on Resurrection Sunday. Devil, you trying to smite us to have us doubt him. Devil, you tried to cause these new believers, because we was babies, we was four years old then. You tried to call this new believing church to already be, be, be sidetracked and distracted by a death. 11 years later, Sharita decided to say, I got up. I stood up and I got all his power in my hand. And greater work shall I do. Yes, oh God. Yes, oh God. That's why she's standing. She got a right to stand. You see, when it's personal, Pastor Kareem, you'll stand through the whole service when you don't even have the, the ligaments in your body to stand. When it's personal, the rest of us are looking at our time. We're dozing off, getting our naps in so we can eat that unhealthy meal after church. But when you've been resurrected in Christ, you don't mind standing through a whole sermon. <laughs> it's our human nature. It takes that. It takes that. It's not a put down. Say again. I'm sure it is. That's it. That's right, young man. That's right. That's right, young man. That's right. We read in the text that the early church had a habit of meeting together. 
It's a lot of fire over there today. If y'all wondering what's going on, if the bonders are wondering what is happening on this side today, there's a lot of dead living people over there by y'all. I'm looking at a couple right now. It's a lot of dead living people over here. <laughs> and dead people make a lot of noise when they've been living in Christ. Woo! <laughs> We're sorry, the dead people make a lot of noise in this church. Yes, 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 yes. I hear it, I hear it, I hear it. Yes, 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 yes. I told you call on his name. Just call on his name. Come on, just call on his name. Just call on his name. Just call on his name. It's contagious. It'll be like fire in your bones. Just call on his name. Just call on his name. Just call on his name. He'll resurrect you. Just call on his name. He'll heal your heart. Hallelujah. He'll heal your ligaments. He'll bring your bones back together. Just call on his name. Yep. Because they knew why. They knew why. They knew the power in coming together. They knew that you didn't have to be an apostle to have the Lord's power on the inside of you. That the same power that resurrected a few of y'all is in you now to resurrect a few others. You ought to go start your ministry in the hospitals, in the convalescent home, and just come to the church and let it be your headquarters where your iron is sharpened. But you need to be in the places where the sick is so you can call the sick back to life. So they could be noisy just like you. Can't you see Lazarus coming out of his grave now? He didn't come out quiet. They said he was probably stinking. But if you know anything about it, he wasn't stinking. Because the custom is that he must be washed before he's wrapped. He must be cleaned with oils before he's wrapped. So Lazarus Church didn't come out stinking. He came out praising. He came out with all his oils. And he was dancing unto the Lord. He had a new dance and he had a new song before the Lord. That's what the living in Christ with the dead in the earth do. Hey, that's why they got together. But see, that's a hard testimony to have. Because that means you've got to trust Christ enough to die. See, we call blessings when we get increase in our finances. But what if the blessing's in your death? What if the testimony's in your resurrecting from that death? Instead of saying, God, keep COVID away from me. God, if you need to get the glory out of me, here I am, here I am, here I am, here I am. Send me, send me, send me, send me. Send. I'll be your testimony. You get the glory out of my life. Don't keep it away from me, God. Just make me live through it. Just like you told the devil when he came after Job, right? Didn't he tell him? Oh, do what you want to do to him, but you can't touch his body. That means he did not, he will be touched, but he cannot die. Think about it. It's Resurrection Sunday. We're here today in remembrance of him. These testimonies belong to him. If David was here, I could hear David say, Woman, this praise belongs to the Lord. I'm going to dance right out of my clothes because this glory, you can't have it. You want this glory from me, but this glory belongs to the Lord. Did he not tell her that? Crazy married folks. She was mad that he loved the Lord so much that he was willing to dance out of his clothes for the Lord. He said, woman, I'll praise you later, but this praise belongs to the Lord. 
Take your seats, take your seats, take your seats. We got a deadline today. We got Easter folks in church. The early church had a habit of meeting together. Some of the churches met together every day. But many of them met several days a week where they would get together in the evening, not just on a Sunday morning. But they would get together in the evening and they would have an evening meal together. They would have dinner together. And in conjunction with that, they would also celebrate the Lord's Supper. So when y'all going to have your wine tonight, if you make it to that third or fourth glass, this I do in remembrance of you. And to all a good night. I want you to go to bed if you make it that far. They had the fourth glass marked for the Lord. See, in Christendom, as the Jews have taught me, we make everything sin. Everything is sin. Where if you did not disregard such important things, we wouldn't have the problems we have with alcohol now. It's supposed to be preserved. It's supposed to be set up and set away. Something that we put away now that our grandchildren or great-grandchildren pull out 25 years later and say, we're going to open this today. And we're going to have our meal together. And that last glass or that last sip, maybe it's four sips, that fourth sip is going to be in remembrance of my Lord God. You know they didn't do all this stuff, right, y'all? You know this is just another money-making thing. These little things right here. We don't change the color of ours. I don't even know when the color changed. I was like, now, what do we represent here? Because I thought the, the grape was purple, so it would be closer to the blood. Now what we represent here. But I just went right along when I ain't saying nothing about it because I understand the real purpose is remembering him, not even getting caught up in the elements. These followers of Christ in this specific text, they didn't celebrate the Lord's Supper once a month. They didn't do it like that. They did it every chance they got together. So when I get my invitation to the Lamb's house, I know we're going to have a fourth something, and we're going to lift it up to the Lord. And when the, the Bolins invite us over to dinner at their house, because it's when you gather together with like believers that you are to be in remembrance of him. Our coming together ain't just to show off our homes or to show off the blessings that we call blessings. Our getting together is that we are now brothers and sisters in Christ, united by a greater blood than that of mama and papa. And now we are to get together. We are to remember him. The wealthier people in this particular text had some issues. They had some issues going on here. And one of the issues was that they were all set with their lifestyle, that they didn't have to work, or they were either able to get off work, I'll give them that, early enough so that they could be the first one at the supper table. Because it's really called the supper. We turned it into communion because we just like such extreme holiness that none of us can keep up with. I mean, if you really be honest about it, um, we all are sinning. I, it's funny when people get busted in sin, the first thing they put up on a social media post, well, all have sinned. I said, do you know what sinned means? Past tense. You quoting a scripture about your current sin. That don't work. Do you ever notice that? Whenever somebody get caught in sin, well, we all have sinned. Past tense, ma'am, sir. 
because we make everything sin. We make it impossible to serve Christ. We make it impossible to have a, a wedding celebration. I leave early for most weddings so people don't feel so condemned with my presence there, not the Lord's presence, my presence. They don't feel they can dance on the dance floor. They don't feel like they can have a little champagne because the religious leaders are here. If you follow the text, Jesus was at the wedding. And, and I think John might have been on the, the, the line. Because later on in the text, he said, John said, then why are you picking on Jesus? Jesus wasn't even drinking. I was drinking. But y'all make sin out of everything. We didn't learn by the law that no one can live by such standards. Thus, Christ, the atonement for us, the blood that never dies, that always reaches. Isn't that what he began to sing today? The blood. When one preacher was here in the house with us, they told us when you sin, just mother the blood all over the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. There's an atonement for it because in humanity, he chose for us to be in humanity. His spirit, which we was birthed from, became in the, in the earth realm and became part of human dirt and created flesh through a fallen nature. It is impossible for us to serve perfectly. Now, I had y'all yell Jesus earlier. How about the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood? See, y'all put blood on the boogeyman. Y'all put blood on the, de the devil. The blood is really for the atonement of sins. Your sins, particularly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm hurrying it up, too. The Lord's Supper, which we only do once a month. These people did it every time they got together. In this text, the Lord's wealthy people, they didn't have to work or they got off work early, the text was showing us, and they got there early enough to have their meal first. Then the laborers showed up. Y'all know more about the laborers now with this series. And then they showed up and they came in the house and they were there to get there and they could st stick around a little bit longer as well. But the problem started in this particular text with the people who were showing up first didn't even have enough consideration for each other to wait until the others got there. So instead of the spirit of fellowship and communion, which means together, communication, commune, they were just looking out for their own needs and filling themselves with the most food and the best foods and the choice wines that were served at these suppers, these meals, so that by the time they were really supposed to be focusing on the Lord's Supper, they were stuffed, having no thought of each other. And they were also intoxicated. And now you can see why Apostle Paul in the text used this particular line. He said, shall I praise you for this? You can tell when Apostle comes in. They was having a good time. They were like, whoa, I love it. I'm invited over here. And the Apostle comes, shall I praise you for this? Get rid of them apostles. They always got to come in so deep. Shall I praise you for this? And he answered himself. He said, certainly not. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. It's actually possible, people of God, to participate in communion without partaking in communion. That's what the church was doing. That's what Judas did. Judas was right there. He was participating in communion, but he wasn't partaking in the union of the community. 
you're not really having the Lord's Supper because your heart and your minds are in the wrong places. Apostle Paul took the time to teach them after their stuffed meals, like some of y'all falling asleep. Apostle Paul is reminding them of the reality that there's four men who wrote about the life of Jesus. A man named Matthew, come on preachers, a man named Mark, a man named Luke, and a man named John, who all record on that evening, and they line up with what Apostle Paul is saying about what Jesus did at that moment. And at the heart of what Jesus is doing, he's calling us, he's calling his disciples, you and I, some thousands of years later, to have this supper, his body being broken for us and his blood being shared for us. This isn't about painted Easter eggs. This isn't about Easter egg hunts. You don't have to look for Jesus. His blood's not hidden from you in a bush. It's not hidden in an Easter egg. It has nothing to do with an Easter bunny. That what should be going through our minds and resonating in our hearts and our minds as we participate in the table. The God of this universe, the creator of heavens and earth, the one who knit you together, who formed you in your mother's womb, his body being broken and his blood being shed. That's what Christ is calling us to remember. The scripture tells us in Romans 8 and 3, for what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, sinful nature, God did by sending his own son. He sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. Romans 8 and 9 more directly points out, it says this, since we have now been justified by the blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? He says also in verse 28, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. I want to talk to you for a second, and then we're going to hit our clothes, about people who feel so convicted and condemned because they live contrary lives. Maybe something happened for you on Friday night and maybe even on Saturday night, and when we come to take communion, there's a struggle to see the power at the table to get the understanding not just of the resurrected blood, but the atoning blood, the blood that's washing, the blood that even wants to go ahead and heal you from all your insecurities, your pain, even your memories. I want to be clear about something. There's nothing you could do on a Friday or Saturday night that can earn your way to the table. Nothing that you could do could earn your way to the table. And there's nothing you can do that can take you away from the table. The table is prepared for you and I. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. What we mean by examining ourselves is that the problem with doing things is that so many people do them and then they show up at the table not ever thinking about what was broken. But what scripture is inviting us to do before we come to the table today is to take the time to realize we are broken. To think of those things, to ponder them, to take a moment to realize what I did last night, the night before, during the week, may not be appropriate for a follower of Christ, but I'm coming to the table 
with that brokenness in my spirit. Because this I do, I do in remembrance of you. Examine me. We're, we're allowing the Lord to judge us. Once we buy into the lie that there's no need for the table anymore, or what you've done is more powerful than the table, you've lost the purpose of remembering him. You lost the purpose of the conviction. You lost the purpose of the long road that he took. You lost the purpose of the hanging. You lost the purpose of the, the, the piercing. You lost the purpose of every nail. You lost the purpose of him asking could he extend his life. You lost the purpose of God allowing him to die in our place. If you think what you do has more power than what he's done, you're taking communion in vain. Don't let anybody tell you. You know, we get these things a lot where people, they're hypocrites, they're hypocrites, they're hypocrites. If anybody could have been a hypocrite in the Bible, it would have been David. Did he ever call David a hypocrite? Yes. Oh, in fact, thank you. He broke it down a whole lot differently about his David, who the church probably wouldn't even want. He steals people's women. Then he sets them up to die because he's in charge of Iraq and Iran's war over there and we don't even want that man in our church God never called him a hypocrite once we buy into the lie people of God that Satan wants us to believe that what you've done or what you're struggling with is more powerful than the blood then you have taken communion in vain but if you're living under a consistent lie that what you're doing is acceptable and pleasing to God then you need to examine yourself because you'll have no need for the table at all. There will be no point in it in any way for you at all. If what you believe does not have an issue for God, it doesn't bring conviction to you that what you're struggling with is pleasing to God. See, it doesn't have to be called sin, fornication, stealing, Lying it doesn't have to be called an, an action, a work of the flesh. If you know that it's not bringing glory to God, you are out of God's will for your relationship with him. Examine yourselves. Think about the cross. We grew up in a church environment. We had a family environment. It was given all kinds of things. Some things that were given us was guilt and shame that was passed down from generations. We think we don't need to examine ourselves any longer. We feel bad about the things that we've done. We feel terrified about some of the things we struggle with. We hide it in our suits and we hide it under our makeup. But you know what? It's time to examine ourselves. Because at this point in the earth, no man knows the hour nor the day when he's going to come. Verse 33 says, I'm almost there. And then he comes and he ends with this. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather, not if, when you gather, wait for each other. You should all eat together. Anyone who is hungry, see this is what he's telling the rich folks, because they got there early and they were eating already and they were drunk. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home. Did anybody mother teach them that? My mother used to make me eat before I go to anybody's house. Don't you walk up in the house eating up all that food. Mama knew the Bible better than I thought. 
Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home so that when we meet together, it may not result in judgment. Do y'all hear how important this is? This isn't an ordinance. This is a commandment. If Apostle Paul, through the inspiration of God, was to write you a sentence or two today to correct the condition of your heart, the condition of your mind, before you come to today's supper, what would he be saying to you? What would God say to you if he needed to improve the condition of your heart and your mind before we come to communion together? For them, in this particular scripture, they needed to wait to show concern for each other and stop getting drunk. In our mental health coaching classes that I have the elders taking now, one of the classes about abuse actually talked about one of the greatest problems with the sin with the church is that we don't consider one another. That text, I had to pause the class and get back in focus on communion, considering one another. What would he say to you? What would he say to you right now? What's on your mind and your heart right now that has you focused off of doing this in remembrance of him? It's time to examine yourself. Not even speaking to the church, I'm speaking to you. He would say to some of us, you need to examine yourself before you come to the table. You're not really embracing the fact that you are broken. You need to be more honest with me and bring that honesty and brokenness to the table today. Would he say to some of us, you know what? You brought your brokenness to the table and you're left with it and you've been doing this for years and you brought it back and you're left with it again and you brought it back and you're left with it again. Once a month for the last 10 years of your life and it's time this afternoon to show up with all your brokenness, all your guilt, all your shame. Examine what Christ has done for you on the cross and count it sufficient for all your mistakes you've ever made and leave today without it. Let us prepare for communion. I want two guards up here. This father that we serve today is our reflection of the supper of what's been broken in your body and that today this brokenness that we come to this table with will be sufficient in this communion. I hope that some of y'all will get together with your household families and that you would take communion again tonight. You literally do not need one of these people of God. You do not need one of these. Save a piece of what you have for your meal. The, the sacredness isn't in this ordinance. The sacredness is in coming together, remembering him, and asking him that what if anything I do in my life is not pleasing you. It doesn't have to be a sin. If it's not pleasing you, examine me today that I may leave this issue at the table. You're not going to leave with it another Sunday. It's resurrection, y'all. 
Let's leave resurrected. Let's leave looking more like him, acting more like him. Humility. Kill the pride. Remember we called pride in this church bad breath. When you get around somebody with all that pride, it's like bad breath. Examine what Christ has done on the cross and count that, count him sufficient for all your mistakes you've ever made and leave without it today. As we prepare and they're going around the room with communion, I pray that you all find this time to do it with your families tonight. It's time to bring your families together. It may not be time to bring them in the building, but once a month Sunday dinners, we can deal with them. I know it's hard. Just take communion at church so you could prepare for them at night. I know it's going to be hard because they don't understand what God is doing to your heart. They don't know that he's making you over again. They don't know that he's changing you. So they want to hold you hostage to what you did, what you said, how you were. Maybe even the night before. But because of the Holy Spirit, we are subject to change instantaneously. We can change before Superman goes in that phone booth. We can change before Batman changes his clothes. The Holy Spirit is good. And you don't owe anybody an explanation. Just smile at them. Because in your heart, you know they'll get it one day. That's the purpose of it. You want them to get it. I'm not perfect. I'm sorry if I gave you all that assumption. That's all you got to say. I just want to be more honest with y'all where I'm at now. I love y'all. Maybe I didn't show it right. But I want my family to take communion. Well, I ain't going to that church. We're going to do it right here once a month in our own dining room table and we're going to do it together and we're going to have church with God before we enter a building make this prayer your own today if you want you can repeat after me if not I can say it for us all Lord thank you thank you for the blood of the lamb thank you that you teach me how to release the right testimony I declare that I lay my life down out of the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. This allows me, by the blood of Jesus, to stand in a place of righteousness where I am recognized in the courts of heaven. I can now present cases before you in these courts that bring breakthrough to me, to my family, and to every realm and jurisdiction that you've given me. Lord, I believe for great breakthrough in my personal life, in my home, my workplace, my church, my city, and my nation. Yes, Lord, even the world. You gave it to us. Thank you for that, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Take time to reflect. Think of your brokenness. And when you're ready, we're going to drink and eat together. Just take a moment. We don't mind waiting. We want every heart before him. Don't let the damnation, the condemnation 
that comes from taking communion falsely be on your life or as believers ignoring communion. And Father, lastly, as we've gone through in our minds, if there is something in me that I may miss or skip that is not pleasing to you, I receive your correction today and your will and the resurrection power to leave that thing where it lies. Thank you for communion today. We now take communion in remembrance of Jesus. You may now take of the bread. Let it melt on your tongue. Dry it all up. Y'all ready? Let me see your hands lifted up. Come on, through the empowerment of his spirit, every good thing, every good dormant thing will be resurrected in me today. The power to heal, the power to raise the dead, the power to open spiritually dead eyes, natural blinded eyes, that same power that was in Jesus, I drink today the New Testament promise in Jesus' name. Let us drink. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're going to pick up. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. We said we left some things. Uh-oh, I hear y'all. Come on. Oh, y'all sound good. Come on. Pastor D, come help us sing. Oh, Jesus. Yes, we're crying, oh, of Jesus. Everybody cry, oh, oh of Jesus. Yeah, and in wash.
Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for the washing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. Oh, oh, Jesus. Everybody cries, oh, oh, Jesus. If there is anyone who does not know the Lord personally, you can come now and we'll pray with you and teach you how this man Jesus has changed your life and will change your life. If there's anyone, you may come now. The Bible says don't stand in jeopardy any longer. The time is now. The time has come. And he's standing with open arms and just said, come on, let me sit down with you. If there's one, you may come. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. And if there's anyone on live stream that does not know the Lord, call the church right now. 860-296-2327. And someone will meet you on that line and have prayer with you. Hallelujah. Is there another? Hallelujah. And it washes, sheds white as snow. Everybody single of Jesus. Hallelujah, crying oh, of Jesus. Oh, we're crying oh, blood. Oh. We have people waiting online for you, those of live stream that desire to give their life unto the Lord. 860 296. Two, three, two, three. The intercessors are standing by to welcome you, to pray with you. Hallelujah. Call. Pick up that phone. And if it's busy, keep calling. We're not going anywhere. Hallelujah. 860-296-2323. 860-296-2323. Won't you come? Hallelujah. And let him wash you. Let him wash you white as snow. Hallelujah. Oh, we're crying. The blood of crying oh, of Jesus. Of Jesus, and He washes white as snow. At this time, if there's anyone that desires to link up with the Apostles' House, to be discipled, to be pastored, so that you can learn more about Jesus, 
the Father and his Holy Spirit, you can come now as well. And we'll talk with you and take you upstairs and answer questions that you may have. Anyone desiring to become a part of the Apostles' House that is not already. Hallelujah. Same with live stream. Give us a call. And we'll talk with you. Hallelujah. Anyone on live stream that needs communion, also call the church. We're here. No one left behind. Not one. No, not one. Left behind. Thank you, Lord. Bless the heart. Come on, come on. Put your hands together. Hallelujah. We praise you. We bless you. We magnify you. The angels are rejoicing. Of Jesus, Hallelujah, crying oh of Jesus, crying oh, and he washes. Welcome. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Aren't we glad she's here? Hallelujah. <laughs> God loves you so much, and I am so excited. And the angels are rejoicing just because of the choice you made. Hallelujah. All this was for you. Set and designed for you today. Praise God. I'm Pastor D. And I, I, I would love to get to know you more. We have a whole bunch of people that want to get to know you. Amen. Amen. Y'all introduce it. All right. All right. Amen. Let us look to the Lord. Let us look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for the word that has come forth, God. We thank you, Lord God, for all the blessings of the hearers and doers of the word, God. Thank you for your son. Thank you for him shedding his blood. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing us the opportunity to be reconciled back to you. We love you and we honor you this day. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. If you desire to sow a seed and the word has touched your heart, come now, come now, come now, come now. Come now. Come on, y'all sound good. Oh, the blood. Woo, come on. Oh, the blood. Oh, the blood. Just come. Oh, the blood. Yes. Oh, the blood. Bless you, Jesus. Oh, the blood. Praise your name and oh, it testifies for oh, yeah. oh, you. Hallelujah, washes you wide. Oh, the blood. Thank you, Lord. Oh, the blood. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, 
And if there's anyone that desires prayer, don't be ashamed. Come forward. Let us encourage you and strengthen you. Amen? Amen? Intercessors are waiting. Prophets are waiting to come and pray with you for strength. Amen? Amen. Amen. That will bring our service to a close. You may go in peace. However, there's somebody here that we also love. Right? And she kind of disappeared from us for a little while. Just a little while. And that special lady's name is Apostle Suzanne Howard. Wait a minute. That's not the best part. That's not the best part. Not only did God gift her to us, she has another year to be with us. I, I, you know, hey, come on. How many lives has she touched in this building? Through her obedience to God, amen? So we're going to come together and we're going to love on you today. Because we love you so much. Come on. She's my Ananias. My Ananias. And I'm proud to call her mama. I'm proud to sit at the feet of the apostle. I'm proud to be fruit and the stamp of her apostleship. Hallelujah. So we're going to celebrate her today. We're going to get her a chair. Come on, we're going to make you cry. <laughs> Come on, come on, come on. Come on. And we're going to sing happy birthday to her in harmony. <laughs> Amen. Oh, the blood. Oh, the blood. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, the blood. Amen. Have the children been released as well? We have some leaders upstairs. All right, all right. All right, Apostle. She got her tissues ready, Minister Maria. You got her tissues, she all set. All right. <laughs> yes, you guys wanna come and move this? Or it can wait, it can wait. It can wait. It can wait. All right. It is time now to honor this woman of God, this vessel of honor, who through her obedience neglects not to even assemble herself and teach us, help us to be identified, charge us. You can feel her hand in your back. And when you don't get it quite right, Depends on what it is. You'll get the, the love and the sugar be put on it or the rebuke will come, which is to produce fruit. Come on. She'll call you out. She won't let you allow to stay in ignorance. She pushes us to learn, pushes us to pray, pushes us to come together, pushes us to love one another and pushes us to search our soul, get healing for our soul. So come and put your hands together for Apostle Suzanne Howard. Stand on your feet.
We honor you today. We say happy birthday. Many more to come. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. And while we're waiting for the rest of the people to come down, is there anyone that has something special to say? Come on, come quickly.